Carl. When yeah. I, how are you today? Uh, good. I was at the Fox last night as I uh, met my friend for dinner at the wonderful Field House that had specialty thing cocktails for company. It was 80 degrees. And when I left the Fox, it was 30 degrees. <laughs> when I left Enterprise Center last night for a season ticket holder thing, it was 70. And when I got up for work at three o'clock in the morning, it was 26. And then it'll be 70 on Saturday. So it'll be great. I know. So it's not good for the plants, though. No, it's not, nor health. We have a very disjointed podcast. We'll first talk to Joe Hanrahan and Eileen Engel about their shows coming up, The Blue Strawberry. Around minute 40, we'll talk about Dune Part 2. Around minute 53, give or take, Kiss the Future. Around one hour, The Lies of Jordan Vandersloot. And then around one hour and 10 minutes, Lynn will talk about company at the Fabulous Fox. We had four understudies last night at the Fox. Whoa. Oh, wow. Including the lead. Hmm. Huh. But- but the understudies were terrific. I would have not, I would have never known. Or else they wouldn't have been on tour. <laughs> right. And so there's a lot of... They don't just grab people out of the audience if someone is sick. Right. Right. So, so uh, that, uh, and our, our, uh, our new, our new friend, Derek Davis was fabulous. I and... heard he was absolutely wonderful last night. Yes. Yes. We had people next to me who didn't know anything about the show who asked me. They go, oh, have you seen this before? And I go, oh, yes. Yeah, let me tell you about this little known <laughs> person named Steven Sondheim. <laughs> and so so I just told her what it was about, basically. And they left it in her mission. But they didn't ever laugh or applaud or smile or react to a song or whoop Did you get up. their names so we can publicly shame them? <laughs> no. So that such is theater goer theater going, but we have two veterans of the of the St. Louis theater community with us today in Eileen Engel and Joe Hanrahan. So welcome. Thank Hi. you. Hi, Eileen. I think this might be the first time we've had you on, although we've been seeing you for many, 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 many years, including the recent Carl, because we had Cameron Jamar Davis on the recent yes. uh, Dutchman. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm honored to be here. Well, yeah, we you. talked very highly about you, about a horrible human being you are in uh, Dutchman. Yes. <laughs> Lulu is pretty bad. <laughs> uh, she did a great job at being a horrible human being. I'll tell you. <laughs> and, and so Joe saw you and said, you know what? Let's have her shine as a wonderful example of humanity. Yeah, I thought, well, we better change change it up so Eileen can walk the streets, you know, after that performance. <laughs> yeah, well, she, uh, she wasn't going to be she wasn't going to be able to get on uh, any Metro Link uh, thing without a lot of, a lot of problems. Yeah. I thought. Oh, oh no, no! I, I I just thought of something. I have a Metro Link ticket that expires tomorrow. So, oh well, oh, okay. Okay. That's not that's not a reason to get on Metrolink. Metrolink <laughs> is for transport, not just so you can use a three dollar ticket. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been in my uh it's been in my wallet since Cardinals season. 
So yeah, you're, we're moving. You're, yeah. you're under the assumption that people are checking tickets as they go on. <laughs> okay. I could give it away, couldn't I? Sure. Moving right. on. Yes, moving on. I want to say that Eileen is somebody that I've always enjoyed seeing in musicals. And and uh, she was terrific as Hope in Anything Goes at New Wine Theater. And she has been uh, the Joanna in Sweeney Todd at Stray Dog. And she was in the the cult classic Ride the Cyclone as the know-it-all uh, student council president. So why, guy, why did you two decide that we're going to create two shows for Eileen at the Blue Strawberry? Because, Joe, that's one of the things that you are doing now is creating these cabaret theatrical experiences. They're not really cabarets, but they're not really a play. They're a both, a hybrid. They're a both. They're both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tired yes they are both no just go with it lynn all right so joe what yes. what what uh what sparked this idea to have eileen create these two shows sometimes it's hard to remember exactly how the an idea kind of surfaced but uh, eileen and i talked about doing a show and i uh i came up with a couple of concepts one that I thought was a little edgy, maybe, and one was a little more down the middle of the road. And we're going to look at both of them, but we liked both. And it, it went from like, uh, are we going to do a show to we're going to do two shows? <laughs> and Eileen bravely, uh, you know, uh, uh, signed up to do both in repertory. Which is going to be next week and then the following week. So March 6th is music, movie music, and yeah. which is really appropriate because the Oscars are March 10th. Yes. Right, right. Yeah. And then March 13th is JC's Jazz Joint. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the different shows. Well, um, movie music, um, uh, Eileen and I have chosen a baker's dozen of uh, Oscar winning songs. And we uh, talk about the movies the songs came from. We try to give some, you know, behind the scenes stories that we hope are of interest. We even recreate a few scenes from a few of these movies. And then we try to set up the uh, the, the tone and the atmosphere uh, to deliver the songs. Uh, uh, and in JC's Jazz Joint, um, you walk in a blue strawberry, but it's it's uh, JC's place. It's her joint she's uh it's her she owns it it's her band she's gonna sing her songs the way she wants to sing them uh but as the evening goes on as she's just uh, giving you a you know a, a singer's song performance some some songs remind her of her life and some stories and a story comes out of her life and loves and some problems and then some uh you know resolutions that wound up uh with her on stage performing for you and uh, you know the the songs in that are they're they're classic uh, great American songbook, but done in a very unique style, as arranged by uh, Colin Healy, and then as delivered by uh, Eileen as JC. Yeah, you've got some heavy hitters in your uh, bands, in your yes. combos. We know that, those guys. Yeah, 
So that's interesting too, because I know Eileen, Eileen is a, a Sondheim aficionado, Carl, because she's been in Assassins and A Little Night Music, and she's worked with Colin. So you guys are on the same page there. And we get to do uh, we get to do one Sondheim in movie music when Eileen uh, is Madonna doing sooner or later. Right out of the Dick five Sondheim Tracy. shows, I've, yeah. What were you going to say about your Sondheim shows? I've never been able to sing sooner or later before out of the five that I've done, <laughs> so I'm very excited to get to do new Sondheim music too. New to yeah. me, new to me. Yeah, well, yeah, because that was his only Oscar. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I actually have that CD, that Dick Dick Tracy CD, <laughs> because it was so good. Songs from and inspired by Dick Tracy. Right. That's a Madonna album. Right. Well, it's got that really <laughs> great Mandy Patinkin song too. What can you lose? Uh huh. Or yeah. what, what, am I getting the name right? Yeah. So, yeah, a little fun fact about Sondheim and his movie music. So there you go. Well, I think I, I think that's exciting because you are not singing enough, Eileen. I know you're branching out into these dramatic roles, but it's always nice to hear you sing. So that'll be good. You went to SEMO, uh, uh, right? That's correct. Yes. So... Yes. I uh, got to be a fan musical theater there. So do an equal amount of plays and musicals, but some years are all musicals. Some are hybrid years, some are play years. Just never know how the casting is going to land. No. And it's good that you get to, you know, at least be seen because it is hard. It is hard. So, mm -hmm. and Joe, it's not like you haven't been busy. Oh my goodness gracious. Last year, Carl, I named him the artist of the year last year because I know you did. Yes, because I'm, I'm still uh, shimmering from that. I certainly was uh, <laughs> amazed and and pleased. But yeah, we're uh, we're getting uh, 2024 rolling with these two shows. So and and it was a very fruitful collaboration. I enjoy going to the Blue Strawberry, and I know Carl, that's one of your favorite places too. I, I do love it. Yeah, because the intimate setting, but you can hear very well, and and it's like because it's intimate you get to feel it you get to have a more emotional response to the music yeah i think it's a it's a perfect spot for the right show and uh you know and being able to create for the space it helps us uh you know make sure it's uh it's it's the right show and the right uh presentation for the audience so you still uh one of your hot, uh, crowning achievements last year was the linda ronstadt show just mm -hmm. one look and yeah. that is still being revived. Is that correct? Yeah, we uh, we had a sold out show about a, a week ago, our like fifteenth, sixteenth in a row. Uh, we have another one scheduled April tenth, and there should be more coming throughout the year. Uh, you know, uh, at the Blue Strawberry. Talk about people responding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know what, you know, it's hard to understand what they're responding to. Kelly Howe is uh, an incredible singer. The band is great and better every show. And Linda Ronstadt has a, a iconic, uh, inspiring story. But somehow, all together, people just are, are loving loving it. Which is great. So how did this come about with you teaming up with Blue Strawberry and deciding that uh, we need this? It's something different. Because really, it's a it's a terrific idea. It, it actually started, I kind of backed into it. I, I, I'd i never been to the Blue Strawberry before I showed up there one night to grab a coat 
that Kevin Bowman had picked up for me at another venue. He was there working. I, I happened to see Leica singing. I was, we started talking. I was impressed. I was interested in, I liked what she did. She was interested in theater and that, that uh, gave birth to uh St. Louis woman. And I, I just assumed since uh, that we were going to kind of move into a, a stripped down version of that at Blue Strawberry, but Leica moved in another direction. But as uh, as we were, as I was thinking about uh, Blue Strawberry, uh, you know, uh, Kelly Howe and I just kind of came up to it. Kelly Howe had spent a couple of years in New York at uh, Don't Tell Mamas, a, a Blue Strawberry-like cabaret there as a singer at the piano bar and other things. And like many people, she felt she had a cabaret in her and we, uh, we kind of... Uh, uh, instinctively just kind of landed on Linda Ronstadt, who Kelly resembles and can sing. And that's where it started. And then like many shows I do, they come from other people. And um, Janelle Gilraith Owens did a, a Facebook post about it. It's Judy Garland's 100th birthday. I vow someday I'm going to do a cabaret about. And so I, show, so I said, hey, Janelle, let's do one. So that was the next one. So, And it was great. Yeah, thank you. And it was packed house. Yeah, that's one thing uh, that's uh, you have to go get tickets if you want to go because it can sell out very quickly mm-hmm. yeah. and you want to get there. And they actually have very good food there. They yes, have they quite they, they I'm, I was really impressed uh, with uh, the chef's offerings. Yeah, they got some. Yeah, the, the place opens at six every night for uh, for food uh, and then the show follows at seven thirty. So, yeah, get there early. And also, there's no people like show people, so it's fun to schmooze <laughs> and see who's there. And even if you walk in off the street by yourself, like you don't have it, you'll find people to sit with, and it's lovely, and you can chat. And, and the, the <laughs> shows we have coming up, Movie Music and Jaycees, uh, each have two Wednesdays in March. And every Wednesday night at the Blue Strawberry, after the scheduled show at 9.30.10, is Kendrick uh, Smith coming in with... Uh, his uh, his horn and his uh, improv jazz stuff. It's a great night of jazz, uh, late night. Well, that's right, because I was there on a Wednesday night. I forgot yeah. that. I forgot that. So, Eileen, you were uh, like the Energizer Bunny. You were going, 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 because not only is she a performer, Carl, but she also does some of the best costumes in town. And yeah, so are she- you, do you get to keep that green dress that's in the poster? Oh, that's that actually yours? my dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you look fantastic in it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so she is. What nom- I like. Oh, go, go ahead, Lynn. Go ahead, Carl. I was going to say she's nominated for St. Louis Theater Circle Award this year for the uh, the innovative costumes for Into the Woods at Stray Dog. Well, what I like about these productions that you're doing, Joe, is that you're not just it's not just a Joe Hanrahan production. You're dealing with the guys from Greenfinch, you're dealing with Blue Strawberry. It's the local theater community banding together to put on these shows. And that's very admirable in itself. So thank you. Yeah, yeah one of the, the happiest, most exciting stuff, you know, what, what excites me about it and the shows is, is the collaboration with new people, great people to, uh, you know, from Eileen to the uh, Stray North folks to, uh, to, to anyone, you know, you collaborate with a show. It really... Uh, uh, establishes some fresh energy and, a, and a, a fresh appreciation for what you're doing. And and that builds a bond when someone else does a show that you have more support in your group too. You hope so. Yeah, of course. Give us a little taste of JC's uh, jazz joint. What's one of the songs you're going to do? What, what are you really excited about singing? Ooh, 
I love all of them. I grew up with a lot of these songs. Some are new. Um, well, one, the first song is a new song, so some people might know that one, but everyone will know the rest of them. I don't know that I have a favorite, but I'm really enjoying where these arrangements are going, and I'm having a lot of fun with adding in a lot of the jazz elements from the band and getting to vocally play around, and I, I, I just love them all. I'll just throw out a few titles. I'm beginning to see the light, mm-hmm. and When I Fall in Love, and Misty, and uh, there's, oh. a, there's a whole array of uh, fabulous tunes. That is a uh, that is a classic. Misty, play Misty for me. Yeah. <laughs> that, don't say that to a disc jockey of a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that movie was terrifying in its day. Oh, well, Eileen's character yeah. in uh, Greenfinch, she might uh, want you to play Misty for her and might, uh, <laughs> you know, force Drunk you to karaoke. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, just another facet of your multifaceted career. So Joe, what, uh, I'm sure people come to you all the time with these ideas. So uh, do you have a couple more in development? Uh, Yes. um, uh, Yeah, I'm I'm working with, we'll have the Linda Ronstadt stuff going, but Kelly and I are talking about a couple new shows, Uh, but you know, they're not uh, at any point where I can talk much about them yet. And yeah. Blue Strawberry will let you basically have Wednesdays. Uh, yeah, uh, that's how we started. And we, he, uh, Jim Dolan has been very uh, you know, open and generous to us because when we first did the, the first Linda Ronstadt show, we said we don't we don't want just one night like they typically do. Well, uh, we want three. We want three Wednesdays. So we wanted to give uh, the critics a chance to come and we wanted to make it a mini theater run. And so Jim's been, uh, you know, very open to that kind of thing, including uh, with JC and Movie. Uh, we're doing uh, two shows each, and and Wednesdays, I guess, are are, are good nights to uh, sell out for the Blue Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just a delightful, uh, delightful experience. I I really enjoyed. So March goes in like a lion and comes out like a lamb. Mm-hmm. So this is a good way to get get. Uh, good feeling of uh, come on get happy get out there and and get to go do things i uh have always loved movie music and it's so rare that you get to just see just get to hear movie songs i just think um it's when you, when you put neglected. a lot of them together like some of the big ones that we're doing in this one it's just it's shocking i mean how how powerful they are how how big a part of your life they are i mean you can do a, a show about all different styles and types of music but these movie songs just you know they 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 transform from just a movie experience into songs of your life and they have a they have a deep resonance i think because of that because of that heritage. What is one of the things that you are excited about presenting to the public? Like what you're just like, you've got to see this. You've got to, you've got to come here with this. What's one of the, what's one of the things that, that you hope when people find out that you're doing this, like, Oh, well, I got to go. Well, I, I hope it's the, uh, in terms of the movie show, I hope it's um, just if everyone likes movies. They're interested. Some people are fascinated by them and, and I hope they will, uh, you know, come to be a part of it because I really think it's going to be a, a show full of real, real joy and good spirits and, and great feeling. And we're, we're, we're going to try to entertain with the stories about the movies as well as the, as the songs. And then for JC, I hope it's uh, going to be a, uh, 
people willing to get into a, a real character uh, revelation about this woman. Uh, we're, we're hoping to make JC a, a unique character who, you know, you, you, you like, and then you love her songs. And then because you're, uh, you're spending the evening with her, you, you start to listen when she opens up. And I, I think it that's sounds- going to be a, a very different cabaret, some ca- different cabaret moments that you, than you've ever experienced. Joe, it sounds like uh, JC might be a series rather than just a one-off. Well, maybe. We'll see. I would hope. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You might Without be on something. Anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, well, the uh, way, it's, it's, it's the way you're affectionately talking about it. So it 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 shows that your mind is always working. Yep, yep. It's uh, yeah, we've got another week, two weeks before these shows, and we will continue to refine them. Yeah, well, uh, Carl, being the music encyclopedia that he is, uh, we used to have a category in St. Louis Film Critics' uh, Best Song, and we were on board with that, but not a lot of other people were. And uh, we... uh, And and that horrible Billie Eilish song is probably going to win instead Mm -hmm. of Ken. I that that it's just it's a funeral dirge. That movie is so happy and positive. That Billy Eilish song is just such a snoozer, and Ken is a much better song. But I maybe they might cancel each other out next week. So I, I don't know. Well, the John Batiste song is really wonderful about his wife. Nobody uh, saw that movie, Lynn. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Everybody needs. Nobody to see saw, it. It's simply. between the two Barbie songs. That's what, it, and there are even better. Barbie song, the Lizzo song's fantastic. The Charlie XCX song is fantastic, but it's really down between Ken and Billy. Which, well, I'm, yeah, I understand. And Dance the Night didn't get nominated, but I understand. Which is a better song than both of them. For production purposes, Ryan Gosling has agreed to do "I'm Just Ken," and I cannot wait because he's going to rock it. And then hopefully, Kingsley Benadir and C. Simu Liu, Liu will be in it too. Nope, you're going to have Phineas on piano and Billie Eilish singing torch songs. And uh, it, I appreciate the song for what it was, but I just am I'm tired of hearing it because every time it comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, here's two and a half minutes of slowly dying. But I always, I always enjoy watching the the song the song performances i just always enjoy it i know everybody mocks uh bradley cooper and lady gaga singing shallow but still that was a moment so it, there it, are it moments. looks like they're cheating on each other's spouses which is what acting is supposed to do <laughs> but they don't have spouses oh he just had his baby mama oh okay i'm sorry i'm not yeah. that deep into bradley cooper's love life <laughs> Well, you know, As you, you know, <laughs> just because I talked to him. Oh, all that for just this. You know, uh, one, one thing we, one thing we, one way we structure the movie music show is we we pair up movies. We do two similar type movies to kind of get through, so we can hop, skip, and jump through movie history. And one of the categories we have is uh, real life couples, where we uh, sing. Uh, uh, sooner or later, while Madonna and Beatty were an item. Oh, that's right. It may have been a business deal. They may not have been too. And then we also uh, do uh, uh, Eileen Singh's Shadow of Your Smile from <gasps> the Burton Taylor movie, The Sandpiper. That's a great song. 
Oh, I love that song. The, yeah. the famous Alan and Marilyn Bergman. I uh, know there's Johnny Mandel and Paul Francis oh. Webster. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I'm just I I'm am, learning these. Uh, uh, but those folks, uh, those folks did uh, Way We Were, along with Marvin Hamlish. That's right. And yeah. they have a, they had a really great song in 1969 called uh, What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you could have an encore show, too, because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a, one of them isn't It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. By uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's been in the back of my mind to just to get, <laughs> to get some diversity to the show. But I, <laughs> I I didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to make Eileen do that one. Either. No, no. As long as there's no interpretive dance, because that's my least favorite Oscar <laughs> technique, the interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as as long as you're just uh, singing away, I'll be happy. <laughs> Carl? Yes, no interpretive dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that comes after. That comes after the show. <laughs> That's for the porn player afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, good. And I'm sure there's some some lighthearted moments too, because uh, you know it, it just there just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do a few scenes from uh, these movies, and a couple of them are heavily dramatic, and we we try to make a little fun of them. You know, <laughs> raindrops keep falling on my head. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We uh, were providing Eileen with a little umbrella for that one. (laughs) Well, Carl and I are still smarting over the, we love those John Carney movies about the transformative power of music. Oh, yeah. And and, uh, the Drive It Like You Stole It should have won and it it didn't. So we are- Maybe you uh, can help me talking about upcoming projects. I mean, I would would love to turn Begin Again into a stage piece. (gasps) Yes, 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 yes. That would be wonderful. I think you should because th- that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, and whether you whether you can grab the rights for it, I, there are a couple people in town who would be great to do those parts too. Uh, so, well, they already but, made Sing Street into a musical. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And you know, of course, they can make a lot of things, but it's a uh, it's a uh, when you do that traipsing through lawyers and rights and stuff is can uh, can be pretty challenging. Oh, that's why for the Bob Marley movie, they really had a. Uh, you know, and then the Priscilla movie, they couldn't get Elvis music. Right. So, yeah, those are those are uh, minefields, those uh, ones. In fact, that documentary called Immediate Family and the one before that about the like the background singers, the wrecking crew, the wrecking crew was took forever because of getting the rights to the music. And immediately, an immediate family was the singer songwriters of the seventies, and that took a very long time to get that going. So I sympathize, but that that would be wonderful, Joe. Your next project, and I know Eileen, you weren't involved with the Humans of St. Louis, but I really hope that we see another incarnation of oh, that. Thanks. That was uh, that was that was fun and really uh, satisfying. The uh, the woman who put that book together here in town, Lindy Drew, she's uh, been. Uh, when, I, when I first had the idea for the show, I, I, I was finally able to reach her in Australia by phone to get the OK to go ahead and do it. But she's uh, she's been traveling the world, but I think she's on her way back to town now. And, uh, you know, we might talk about that. Well, it was good because I was going to include it in my uh, best new plays because I thought it was so terrific. And then people reminded me it was just a reading. It wasn't really a play. And I go, oh, OK. 
Lynn, it's your awards. You can do whatever you want. Eileen, one of the things that is most surprising about you is how multifaceted you are because you've done many musicals and you've been the sweet voiced ingenue. Then you have this range that you're showing in the dramatic parts and even the comedic parts too. But uh, one of the one of the things is now that you're getting uh, more known for your range, what are some of the things that you hope to see happening in the next year or so? Have you set goals for yourself? Yeah, try new projects, audition for things I wouldn't normally, you know, work with new people, those kind of goals. You know, as I've gotten to know Eileen a little bit as we've been working and how many things she does and how busy she is and how good she is at all at all of them i kind of there's a, a nickname in my head for her and it's the same nickname that uh jack nicholson gave to his buddy warren Beatty. he called him the pro <laughs> that's how i think of eileen <laughs> that's a good nickname that is a good nickname i'm i'm gonna okay because yeah <laughs> that is so what got you interested in performing eileen when you were growing up I did a lot of things growing up that weren't theater. I did, you know, some school church type stuff, choir, band. I played sports. I was in the honor society, but I never blended everything together until I was junior, senior high school. So I didn't really get into theater until later in life. But I'm so happy that I got into the BFA musical theater program that I got into and I got really shaped as a performer. And then each gig I've received since then, I've learned more and more and just continue to learn and grow and try to better myself any way that I can. But I, I think it was just seeing movies as a kid, being obsessed with the Disney movies, uh, the cartoons and and the songs that included in those movies, which we'll be doing a couple of those in our show. And that kind of sucked me in when I was a very young kid and I started loving to go to the theater and watching people being successful with it. I just was, I want to do that. So I'm very glad that I'm able to pursue my dreams of that now. Well, that is good. Well, um, Carl, speaking of dreams, I don't think I've mentioned this, Carl, in our recent podcast, but Carl's daughter, the animation student, got accepted into a Disney program Ooh, from June yes. to January. Yep. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Thank yeah. you. Oh, that's I'm awesome. Born. Oh, yeah. Huge. I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about it. I'm well, only allowed I can to talk people. about it. Oh, because I know, Eileen, your parents are very proud because they were at Dutchman. And I said, well, that's disturbing. And they <laughs> this is why we sent her to SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> They're very supportive. <laughs> yes. And, and so is your boyfriend, Matt. And yes. uh, so, uh, yeah, so we'll be. Well, I'm going on uh, the both Wednesdays. I cross my fingers now. I always say I plan to because, you know, life. Yeah. <laughs> That's why there were four understudies this night. <laughs> because what you say you're going to do and then you plan, you know. Yep. But good juju and break a leg and all that. So, Joe, I'm sure we this isn't the last time we see you this year, but I always look forward to what both of you are doing. And uh, thanks for stopping by today. BlueStrawberrySTL.com, Lynn, get it right. BlueStrawberrySTL.com is where you can find showtimes and tickets for the Wednesdays in March. Thank you so much for having us. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Carl and I will be at the Sheldon on Thursday because we're going to support our friends, Ron Stevens and John Hewlett in their love, death, and other scary things present presentations. And Carl, I was checking to see what time it was, and it says sold out. But then Julie Lally, the great PR woman in town, said there's about 100 seats left. So we should tell everybody that the two great what kind, of show, what kind of show is that? What are they doing? They're just going to talk about love, death, and other scary things. Okay. <laughs> Which is rather broad, but knowing Ron and then John Hewlett has been uh, a friend for Carl since, I don't know, he was in your wedding. So how long have you known him? Since the KC days? Huh? Yeah. Since the KC days, Carl? Carl, how long have you been married? 20, 25 years? 25 years. It'll be 26 in June. All right. So you've known you man at least that long. No, uh, yeah, because John was in my wedding. So I'm going to, I have to be there way, way earlier because I'm roasting. I don't know if I'm roasting or if I'm honoring or if I'm just, I'm, I know I'm going fourth, but I don't know if there are only four people speaking or five. So I'm either closing or I'm the second to last. I don't want to close. I'd rather be second to last and let, let Joe Mason close the show because he's known John longer than I have. Uh-huh. Well, I just think it's going to be wonderful. And we have to give a shout out to Ron because he posts our podcast on his on stl.com site. And he was the one who, who allowed us to use his studio for the first time. And this podcast now is five years old. Yes. So yeah. five years ago, we started and Ron let us uh, do the studio and then COVID hit and we started doing the Zoom and it just works as, out. As because- you can see, normally I do it from the radio station, which is, I'm at home today, which is why I keep cutting out because, you know, I have AT&T at home. So, <laughs> so, yes, John and Ron have been on all sorts of television stations today. People have texted me, hey, you were just on Channel 2 hey, you were just on Channel 5 because they're using pictures. And my daughter was on because she sold John brownies or Girl Scout cookies one year and they used John and Ron used that picture. And so uh, I don't know what's going on, but I've been on TV many times today and didn't even know it. <laughs> Breaking <Wow>. news. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't have, know. Yeah. So, someone's like, you're famous. I'm like, what? I don't know. That was a long time ago. Well, Carl, the intern middleman, you are famous. So I was um, once. Yeah. You didn't you used to be Carl? I'm didn't a, you used to be Carl the intern? Yep, still am to some people. And I will be again tomorrow night. I know at my brother's memorial service, uh my brother-in-law went, Carl the intern? That's Carl the intern. <laughs> as long as they remember who you are, it doesn't matter what they call you. I know. I just think it's neat that you know. People are are, are are remain impressed by you. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's wrong with people? See, this is why the world is in the state it is today. Well, we've got to talk about Dune 2 because Carl and I were privy to the press screening of it. And uh, we uh, we have different little different reactions to it. But Carl, I yes. noticed you had a popcorn bucket. Is that one of the weird Dune ones that people are talking no, about? No, it is not one of the weird Dune popcorn bucket. It's the Marcus. You buy it for $28, and then for the rest of the year, you get that filled up for only 5 which I didn't pay for at all because my sister-in-law got me a Marcus 
gift certificate for Christmas. And so it is all paid for up until the first week of April. So I'm good with that. But oh, okay. But what is it about this weird popcorn uh, thing that everybody's um, talking you about? You really don't want to know. It okay. looks like a sex toy. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I thought I heard. So it looks like something out of drive away dolls. You have to, uh, I, I don't no. have to do anything of it. You, you have to reach into the sandworm's mouth. Yes. Popcorn. And, it's and just it as is... hard to get it out of there as it would uh, out of a sandworm, I think. Right. So I don't want to talk about this. Okay. So no, let's, we'll let's move on to the film. movie. Yeah. The movie right. is so good. Ah. I was impressed because the first one I thought was a little too unwieldy. I thought the narrative and, and it, I'm coming from it as a person who didn't read books. And so I did you see the David Lynch version in 1984? I did, which made no sense to me. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed the first one for all its technical mastery. Fantastic. And then the world building. But the world building pays off in two because I found it lucid. I found the performances deeper. I found the. The, the every the technical elements are just next level. Speaking of sandworms, that scene with the grandfather's sandworm is one of the most spectacular I've ever seen in my life. I've got really my well calendar done. to watch uh, Dune One tonight just to get ready to. Well, because through. it's off of Netflix or Max, I think tonight or tomorrow. So, oh, is it okay? You need to see it. They because they want people to go see the new one. So I think it's yeah. leaving. The streaming services, whichever it's, I don't know if it's on Max or if it's on Netflix, but it's whatever it's on, it's leaving on the 29th. So you should see it now because there there is no previously on Dune. It just jumps right in and back, basically it takes place the next scene after the first one ends. Okay. And so the thing about Dune is it was two hours and 35 minutes. This one is two hours and 45 minutes. I'm guessing the next one will be two hours and 55 minutes because they keep getting longer. But I will say this one's better. I want to mention two things, Lynn. One, do not see it in IMAX because it's too loud. And if there are chances that you're going to try to be figuring out who is who and what's going on. The sound on all the battle scenes, you can't make out what anybody is saying. So... I recommend not seeing it in IMAX. It will look beautiful, but you won't be able to hear what's going on because it's just too loud. It second is of all, very loud. Second of all, this movie would be a perfect action story, science fiction film, if they cut out the last two minutes of the movie. Because there is a definitive, and just like Return of the King had like 17 endings, there's a definitive ending when you see one character kneel down to kiss the other character's ring, the movie should end. Instead, there's one more scene that just makes it look like, oh, I've just spent almost three hours teeing up another sequel. Because <laughs> that, because it says, oh, I guess something's going to happen. And then the movie <laughs> ends. There was a well, perfect ending point. Now, Lynn, don't, uh, do you agree with me? If they would have ended it right there, it would have seemed like a complete film. Yes, because every well, people the Dunies know. Well, that. they don't need to know. But that this that broaden your audience, end it where it should have ended, and then don't say 
guess what? We're going to make another movie in three years. Well, Dune Messiah is the next book that they're tackling, but they don't have a timetable or anything. But the I've, or any I've been, cast lined well, up for I've, anything. Well, I've been watching the uh, cast uh, make the rounds on uh, the TV shows and clips. And uh, there are, they'd say, oh, absolutely. Well, you know, we'd go again. But I was so, su- I mean, not surprised at the ending, but I was uh, curious as to what happens to some characters later. So I cheated and I went to Wikipedia. <laughs> so now I know. So I'm okay. Or you could have read the source material and found out what books are. But if you haven't read the books, it's okay to go into this because I thought it just followed. I mean, I could follow it. And if I can follow something that dense, then we're good. Because I thought they really spent time creating these intimate moments that gave you more of an emotional uh, response than just the big, huge battle scene. But the big, and huge... If you thought- and if you thought Austin Butler was one note as Elvis, you are wrong because he you don't even recognize him in this film. Playing I, I like him a lot in, I like him a lot in that Masters of the Air series too. Right. Yes. And, but he's he's playing the role that Sting played in the David yeah. Lynch version of Dune. Yeah. And yeah. so he is first of all, he doesn't look like Sting. He's unrecognizable, and you hate every second that he's on screen. Oh Not, he's you, yeah. he's so good. He's so good. He, I told people I, after Masters of the Air, I go, he is not a one trick pony. Don't ever think that just, oh, he did Elvis, so he can't do anything else. And this one is just going to blow people's minds because he plays this cruel psychopath that is so evil and diabolical. And it's just, oh, but he has no eyebrows and he's got a bald cap. And uh, you know, if, uh, a, it, if, if Dune Three comes out in three years, it's going to have some competition with four be- uh, four Beatles movies, right? Oh, that's right, Sam Mendes. When I saw Sam Mendes's uh, name attached, I was really excited yeah. about that. And Joe, I know you are a, a big fan of this movie. Yesterday, oh yeah, that, yeah. that starts streaming on Netflix on Friday, right? Joe, right, which yeah. Beatle would you start of the four? Which one should come out first? Hmm. John, you think John? Mm-hmm. Okay, because some some people are saying Ringo because if you make a fantastic Ringo movie, it doesn't matter what the next three are. He's the oldest of the four, but he's the uh, last one to join the team. He's uh, as they said in the movie. Uh, it's not I want. Yeah, it's I want to hold your hand. He's the oldest and the youngest Beatle. <laughs> Eileen's like, what are you people talking about? <laughs> oh, I grew up with the Beatles. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the Beatles, mm, there aren't any uh, Oscar-winning Beatles songs, are there? No. But you know no. what I like to call, say about those guys? Most underrated band in history. They are, still. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was asking online about uh, wedding songs, you know, like, what are the best wedding songs? And I went, nobody was mentioning the Beatles. And I was like, oh. I didn't want to say like, oh my God, you people. But I was like, uh, in my life, uh, yeah, I will. Life. And I will, which were both at my wedding, but we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go. <laughs> so so back to Dune, Lynn. There, yeah. are, uh, there are new characters. You have 
Christopher Walken. You have Florence Pugh, who I think she she's hit and miss for me. Sometimes she's fantastic. Like in Little Women, I thought she was great. She brought a dimension. Amy. She was Amy. And Amy is everyone hates Amy, but she made her sympathetic because in Little Women, Amy's always the oh, that one. But she was good in that. And then you know how I feel about Midsummer, and you know she's derided in Oppenheimer, but I think she is playing mischievous in this movie. I think she's great in there. She's a good foil or will be to Rebecca Ferguson. And uh, if you already know about the third one, Lynn, you know her uh, relationship with Zendaya in the next movie. Yes. And think about this. She and Timmy were in Little Women together because he was Laurie. Yes. So supposedly in one of the interviews I saw with them, they said they had to separate them on set because they were just chattering away and had so much fun because they worked together before. And they said, somebody said, I heard that you guys had to be separated. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so there's that. And then I forgot that Josh Brolin and Javier Bardem were in no country for old men together. Mm -hmm. So there's some little reunions, but yeah, Florence Pugh, I thought was very good. I thought Javier Bardem, because he's just terrific anyway, but I thought he was really good as Stilgar because in in the first movie, you didn't really see Zendaya or Zendaya that much. And you She was she was in his dreams mostly. Right, right. And so now she's, you know, and the camera loves both her and Chalamet. They just the they are just camera ready. But I thought he really proved himself in this one because to me in Dune One, he was like the least interesting character. But this it, it one, does make you miss Oscar Isaac. It does. It does, because he's carrying his father's legacy and and you, you think about that and the burden on his shoulders and then his challenge of learning new things. But when he rises, and I mean Timmy's used to that little breathy voice, you know. You like him no matter what. I do, and I just thought he was really good as Wonka too. So well, just I like gonna... him, but I think I'm gonna wait for let him prove himself when he plays Dylan. See, he's gonna play Dylan. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been in development for a couple of years. I think they're finally gonna start shooting this year. Right now, oh, the is a complete unknown. He's gonna play uh, Dylan at the the classic uh, folk festival when Dylan brought out electric guitars for the first time. Dylan goes electric. And Dylan is one of the producers of the film, so he's all behind it, too. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I was impressed with the documentary uh, Greatest Night in Pop, how Dylan came out very well. Yeah. And how Stevie Wonder Wonder came out very well. Yeah. Just like this ray of sunshine that everybody gravitated to. You know, and he helped. Well, he he did try to derail the entire evening. With the Swahili stuff. Yeah, with the Swahili stuff. I know. Which they don't speak any walked out. Yeah. <laughs> now, what they don't report is that I thought it was disservice to Wayne Jennings. He came back. Did he? Okay. They they don't mention that in the documentary. They just make him look like an ass. But he actually great, did come great back. Great moment. Dylan is like standing there. He doesn't know what to do. And like finally, a, he looks like a doddering goes, old man. Like this. And he sings in Dylan's voice. And he goes, oh, yeah. And then Dylan. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you and me. So there's a couple documentaries that I think people should see, and one of them is "Kiss the Future." It's produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I'm sure you guys have heard of that duo, 
And it is about uh, when the genocide happened in Czechoslovakia, Bosnians and Serbians, that uh, music became a force for the people to deal with a Sarajevo being war-torn. And you too did a whole song for them. Right, Miss Sarajevo. And so this is fascinating about, there was this underground movement uh, where people would, because Sarajevo was known for its cultural diversity and its uh, artists, music and art and everything. And then the war is just blowing that up. So they met in this divey, uh, uh, place underground and music and they played music these bands and this one guy was there for aid he was a I can't remember what nationality he was but he heard Bono and this is uh, you know early 90s so this is Zoo TV he heard Bono saying we're with you we're with you uh, you know, whatever country, I, you know, whatever country, we're with you. And uh, he thought, what if I get a hold of Bono and maybe they can come and do a concert here because music is what's sustaining us. And so he finagled his way. <laughs> he knew people who knew people who knew people. And that he works. actually... He actually got a meeting with Bono. And and when Bono was hearing his stories, he goes, Yeah, maybe we should come to we should come to Sarajevo. And uh obviously it was too dangerous to do that. But what they did in uh Zoo TV was they started inserting this guy talking to people in time about what was affecting because the world wasn't paying attention, if you remember. At first, the world wasn't uh, knowing what Milosevic was doing and and slow to respond. NATO was slow to respond, et cetera. And so you two had them up on the screen. And then it got to be a little too much like like using these people for reality TV. And so you two stopped it. So uh, they had tried. So when the war was over, they kept their promise and they came to Sarajevo and they had to rebuild the stadium and all these people that were connected with this story, there's like about six talking heads. And they talked about how, when, when people found out that U2 was coming, they lined the streets for all the trucks that were coming in for zoo TV and they did the concert and these P and they show a bunch of the concert and they show how united the people were and they show how music will unite people and bring people together. And all these people now, 20 years later, they're looking back at it and they're watching the footage of like a U2 sing one and they're all crying. They're all just remembering about what that meant for people at that time to see this. And it's very timely considering what's going on with Ukraine right now. So it's uh and and it, today is the anniversary of U2's War being released in 1983 which had Sunday Bloody Sunday and Two Hearts Beat as One and New Year's Day and 40 and so that came out today. Coincidence. And meanwhile U2 is uh, at the uh Sphere. Yes. I know. And, I know. and John Hewlett went to see them. Did he? Yeah. I know a lot of people I know about 10 people that have gone to see them. Yeah. And they said it is a fantastic show. 
but you have to pick one, audio or visual, because they are both overwhelming. Well, when I was in Vegas at uh, ho- a Christmas time, I uh, the the sphere uh, I could see it. I could. You can see it from the airport as you touch down. You can see the sphere from the runway. It's pretty incredible. I was at Resort World uh, for an evening, and we watched the sphere do its thing. But to see a tour of it and to see the movie Darren Aronofsky made, the tickets are a hundred and sixty nine dollars. Oh, and I, I was like, uh, no. No, Every, everybody I know that has gone to see it has raved about it, but I they know. would say, but it's you either are watching or you're listening. You can't do both because it's just a lot. Well, I had checked into uh, the tickets early because I thought, hey, my sister lives in Vegas and I'm, you know, you two are I get that emails, you know, super fans. So I'm calling myself super fan. And uh, so, you know, the pre-sale to the pre-sale was going on. So I went to check on tickets, as you do, $600 to $1,400. And I was like, I love you too. I've seen them five times. This is not a ticket that I can neither afford nor want to make that effort to to do. So Who do they think they are, Broadway? (laughs) I know. Or the Eagles. Like, weren't the Eagles tickets like the... The 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 ones in the front like four hundred and sixty nine dollars. I mean, I don't understand this. I just Tomorrow, I don't. Uh, Bob Dylan and Willie Nelson tickets are going on sale. They're going to be uh, here in September. I'm um, interested to see what they're going to charge. I know. I just I know this this is a big deal. These legacy tours, you know, like this might be the only time you see them or or whatever. But I like when Carl always tells me. Because uh, he, you know, he works at the Enterprise Center with the music and and he'll say like, yeah, but they sound like they're 70 years old, you know, or whatever. So he, he always tempers that way. You're like, oh, I miss the Eagles. And he goes, well, they sound, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, I just think, but, but if you go to YouTube, you can see you, if you go to YouTube, you can see you two at the sphere and that'll give you an idea of the thing. But I just love that the old guys are still relevant. I'm just saying, I just think that's good. And there is another documentary called uh, the lies of Joran van, van der Sloot, the guy that finally admitted to killing Natalie Holloway. And it's you, currently you on force TV. yourself to watch that. Well, Peacock sent me a link and I said I would. People send me links and I go, okay, I will do that. Now, the movies I saw last week, Drive Away Dolls, which we talked about, and Ordinary Angels, which I didn't talk about, but I liked very much because sometimes you just want to be uplifted. And it was a true story about this poor little girl that needed a heart transplant in the community of Louisville, Kentucky, all bonded together to get her to the Omaha hospital during a blizzard when 17 inches of snow fell on Louisville on January 17, 1994. And it's faith-based. It's by the same people that did American Underdog. So it's yeah, not... Plays it plays her dad, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, Reacher, um, Alan Richardson. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was, you shed a tear. And what's wrong with that? Some people like that, especially now. Life is so insane. There's nothing wrong with feel good. And uh, speaking of feel good, J-Lo and music, J-Lo has a documentary out called The Greatest Love Story Never Told. It is now on Amazon Prime. And it is about the making of her This Is Me Now document, music video, the long form music video and the album. And this is the behind the scenes so you have Ben Affleck going, you shared the letters I wrote you 20 years ago? <laughs> Wondering. Yeah, you know. and she invited like everybody in the world to be in this. And like they invited, uh, they invited Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande and a whole bunch of people. She just threw as many names on the wall and some people couldn't go and some people like, no, no, no this is your thing. There are a lot of cameos in it, like Jane Fonda's in it. Oh, yeah, the Long Farm music video, This Is Me Now. The the Zodiac console that's like her Greek chorus slash advisors are Jane Fonda, Post Malone, Trevor Noah, Neil deGrasse, Tyson. It's, you know, those guys were just having lunch together anyway. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think... Uh, I've always liked J-Lo. Uh, this is basically, this is me now. It's like a big middle finger to people like, you know, this is me. Get over it. Um, I'm okay with that. It's talking about, you know, she had, she has had four marriages in her 54 years. And the, the ones are um, about her bad choices for the first three. And uh, basically it's, just saying, you know, I uh, just I should have been with Ben the whole time. Well, that's the gist of the the greatest love story never told. But I think she's an incredible performer. If I looked like that when I was 54, I'd be going around. She does look fantastic. She looks like she has never aged. Like she's in a cryo chamber every night. Uh, a guy who did a piece in Variety called her, uh, called uh, how she looks, uh, a rigorous skin regimen. Sure. Because she does glow. But I mean, look at that halftime show. Look, look what she did. I think she just always proves critics wrong. She's got more hit rom-coms than anybody out there. Any female out there. She's done... Uh, like 11 very uh box office done well rom-coms i like her rom-coms i would i defy anybody to watch shotgun shotgun wedding and not laugh it's okay a, yeah it's got a great cast no one's no one's arguing with you right right but anyway i just defend her because i think i think as a woman you uh, people just always pick you apart. Look at how they pick apart Taylor Swift. You can be like it's the Barbie speech by American for you can be successful, but not too successful. You know, and, and your whole life is tabloid fodder. Your romance. Look at how people are with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I mean. Are they dating? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Lynn, we've kept these guys on long. Enough. I know long enough. I mean, I appreciate that. Anything you guys want to recommend that you've been watching? I'm sure you'd have no time, Eileen, to watch anything. I would just say, uh, I think coming streaming on Friday is uh, Napoleon, which I liked better than a lot of people. Yes, I you really liked it much better than me. A lot of fascinating, fascinating things about it, but it's coming. It's worth watching. Well, one of my favorite movies of the year, All of Us Strangers. Oh, yeah. Emotionally devastating, gut punch, so good. Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, Jamie Bell, and Claire Foy. Get the clean. All these people you've liked for a long time and now are adults. <laughs> right. And all in the same movie. It is now on Hulu because it's owned by um, Fox Searchlight, which is Disney. So, because, you know, it's gay romance. So Disney's not going, hey. It's not on Disney Plus. It's on Hulu. It's you on that, Hulu. Uh, that's somebody you've watched for years is finally an adult. I thought that about Natalie Portman in uh, May, December. I re She really shone for me in that movie. She kind of came into a new thing, I thought. She's so one. I can't recommend it because I haven't seen it yet, but I will be seeing it because it's coming back to the theaters this week in a zone of interest. I liked I it a lot director. more than other people. I, I love everything the director's done before, and I, I'm interested in this. Well, this I think is, she's, you know, she's better in Anatomy of a Fall. Sandra Hulor. Mm -hmm. uh, Anatomy of Fall is now available. I'm not sure what. Oh, big news. My website, poplifestl.com. We are now featuring... The Just Watch Widgets. Oh, oh good. Yes. So I am. Who's so been telling you about Just Watch for a year? Two I go years. up there every day. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I always do. So when they offered, I was like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So my webmaster, uh, Kevin Brackett, is putting it together for us. And we're going to have those good. on there. And uh, if you don't know what Just Watch is, Lynn, explain it to someone who does not know. Okay. That's where you go to find out. What movie is streaming where? Is it available DVD? Is it available for rent or to purchase? Or and in theaters. Yes. And they'll say, this title is not uh, available yet. And so you have to, you know, come back and. And, and you can plug in your own. Like if you have Peacock, but you don't have Paramount Plus, it'll let you know that it is on Paramount Plus and not anything that you own. So <laughs> you can customize it for yourself. And be angry at yourself for picking the wrong streaming that month. Right. Well, when I was telling everybody to watch Nicolas Cage's Pig, it was on stars. And I was like, I don't need stars. I mean, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. And yeah, then you, you find do. out these things are, you know, in, in different places. Speaking of new releases, Wonka is now on a DVD. I liked it a lot more than other people did. It's a musical. Remind people it's a musical. They don't know. They think it's going to be. People forget that Charlie or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a musical. They forget that. And so when they go look at Wonka, they're like, why are there so many songs in this? It's and because... Ferrari is going to be on DVD in a week or two. Did you like that, Joe? Didn't see it, but I want to see it. <laughs> Love the director, you know. <laughs> I know and that's what you pretty expect. to look at. Yeah, you you do expect you do expect a lot from that movie because it's Michael Mann and because it's Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. 
And Shailene Woodley is not well cast in this. Oh. And uh, Ferrari, I have a nephew named. Will you just em let him see it first. I then? know. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I respect other people's opinions because Buffa put it on his top ten list, as you would know, because he's Buffa, such a. Buffa, that, that's yeah. Buffa, you know, in uh, uh, you know Heat. He is. Uh, he will go down. Uh, go down on a sword for Heat, and anything Michael Mann touches, he will. Right, but Dan could also have been confused. He might have thought he was watching Ford versus Ferrari. Well, that's another thing, too, is people people think like, oh, oh they think that, that it's going to be that. But no, this is, you know how biopics now, they pick a specific time in a person's life. Like they don't know. One yeah. Love. Yeah, almost, yeah. That's what yeah. One Love should have done. But they did Yeah, they don't, they don't do the womb to tomb. They do the specific, like, One Love is only two years, which, no. Nah, but it's not. It's not because they say it's two years, but then they have a flashback and then they have another flashback and then they finish those two flashbacks in more flashbacks. I'm like, well, why didn't you just do the whole shebang if you're going to do this? Ah, one love. And then they have ridiculous uh, flashbacks that you don't know what's going on. You keep seeing the, the fire and the guy on the horseback and you don't know what the hell's happening. Is that supposed to be his dad? No, it's not supposed to be his dad because his dad was a white British officer. But then at the end, the person is so weird. And then Haley I think they were. I, I think they were doing the drugs that Bob was doing while making that movie. <laughs> Here's an idea. All right. So we have. Dragging um, everyone else into this, Lynn. I know. So moving on to theater, we have Company at the Fox till March 10th, and I highly recommend it. It's not for everybody, uh, but it is a fresh and vibrant reimagining of it, of this classic score 50 years ago, uh, 54 years ago, came out, groundbreaking on Broadway, pioneered so many things about the modern musical and a one hell of a Sondheim score. And uh, it was nominated for 14 Tonys and won six. And uh, people, I have seen every revision, not live, but I have all the CDs of it. And I was very skeptical when they said, we're turning Bobby into a woman. And, but actually the updates really work out well. And this director, Marion Ellison, is a bona fide genius. What she has done with that staging, she won the Tony for Best Director last year for the revival, which won. What she has done to get it moving and the different apartments, and they've streamlined so much of the storytelling that dated it. And I know, Eileen, because you've been in all these uh, Sondheim shows, you're familiar with company. Well, yes. there's that, there's, there's that always that awkward bedroom scene with the flight attendant and mm -hmm. now it's a it's a guy flight attendant yes yes which is which is funny named andy and uh what they do is they cut out that tiktok stuff which they should have and they replace it with poor baby and the guys are all people are coming in and out of the apartments all the friends are coming in and out all the time and so the guys are singing poor baby while she's having sex with the flight attendant. So it's very interesting staging and I loved it. And you could not tell that Bobby was played by an understudy 
and um, it had all these 35 balloon, 35, the number, because that's what she turns balloons, very prominent in the whole thing. Um, I just, I just, that, that music, once you hear it, you're just like transported. However, I do know some people weren't really on board with it, but don't you think Sondheim is a sophisticated taste? Yes, I think so. So I don't know, but people left, like there were like at intermission, there were people, not as much as, but it, it was noticeable where I was sitting, you know, but. You sit the, way up front though. Because yeah. you're special. The audience was raving, <laughs> just raving, like applauding and whooping. And what was really a terrific change is the same sex couple that get married. Instead of Amy and Paul, it's Jamie and Paul. And the guy playing Jamie, Matt Roden, hilarious, probably the best of the whole show. So good. So funny. And uh Yeah. So those are my those are my first feelings. And Derek Davis, who we had on last week, oh, his voice, Carl, that voice of his, that deep. That's why voice. he was Mufasa on Broadway. I know, I know. That's why every time we talked last night, I was like, man, you are a really, you're you're born to play Mufasa. <laughs> anyway, and that was and a dozen years ago. I know. Sweet Potato Queens opens with New Line this week. We invited them to be on, but they could not. So the next couple of weeks, Carl, we're having a full house. We're having, I'm on jury duty next week, so we don't know what we're going to do. So I know it, I'm going to be at the Missouri Valley Conference playing music for college kids. Go Illinois State, my Redbirds. They always get yeah, okay. out like real early, there's, there's, really let early. Me tell you, let me tell you about that, Lynn. All these other schools send like the girls are going to dance to this on Thursday. The girls are going to dance to this on Friday. The girls are going to dance to this on Saturday. And if they're bold, they pick one for Sunday, which is the finals. The Illinois State people sent one routine. So they're either going to dance to that as far as they get along or they think they're getting out on Thursday. So your yeah, choice. Well, I will say in my college days, we had Doug Collins, number one draft pick of the of the U.S., future coach of Michael Jordan. He was our star player. And uh, this is when back when uh, the kids, the college kids got free tickets to the basketball games. And uh, I had a boyfriend who would sleep overnight in the field house to get our tickets because that's, that's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> that's how in demand to see Doug Collins oh, was. Oh, sure. Because he was our, he was, he had made the cover of sports illustrated, Illinois state Redbird made the cover of Force illustrated sports illustrated. He was on the U S Olympic team in 1972. We had a parade for him anyway. Uh, yeah. That's when you had to like, you had to go line up at the, field house to get your free tickets or so, you can go to enterprise center next week right so we were actually pretty good but we haven't been ever since i'm just saying <laughs> so why have a basketball program yeah so any um so i think that's the only opening besides joe's blue strawberry but we have we have prison performing arts coming up new play by courtney bailey 
And we have the reps, August Osage County, and we have Albion's Molly Sweeney. So they're all joining us. All three of those groups are joining us soon. Go to bluestrawberrystl.com to get information on movie music and JC's Jazz Joint. And also, thank you both for being on with us today. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Thank, thank you. you. Now, if, if you don't have anything to do Friday, it's this March 1st. It's the start of Women's History Month. And my author's group, Asia's Glamour Girls, our book, Reflections on Aging, now an Amazon bestseller, we are having on our YouTube channel Friday at 6 p.m. an episode called Second Acts. And I'm going to be one of the four people reading from my chapter. My chapter is You Are Not Alone, Dealing with Grief and Loss. And we're going to have uh, other people, including Lisa Bedian. I know her. Yes. And she's going to talk about all the tools in your toolbox to make. Leaving media and running government. And uh, she's quite dynamic. And so we're going to have four people read from our chapters and we're going to have, you know, take questions and uh, we will have, so that is Friday, 6 p.m. Central. And if you miss it, because if you're out and about, you can go to the YouTube channel and watch it. But I hope that people will respond to what us old broads have to say. Break a leg. Yes. <laughs> Lynn, you. where can we find you on the socials? I am on all the socials. I am on KTRS radio every Friday at 11.08 a.m. with Jennifer and Wendy. And I am in Webster Kirkwood Times. My review of Dune is there. And my review of Dune is also on Rotten Tomatoes, courtesy of Pop Life STL. So I'm one of the critics that helps with that 97% score it's got. And also, I uh, we have the wonderful website, Pop Life STL. You and can where, where at, can we find you? At underscore Carly Intern on Instagram threads and what's the other one? X. Yeah, that one. And then Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show and Saturday and Sunday on 97.1 and KMOX at six o'clock at night and three o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm on seven days a week. I'm hard to miss. And also, I want to just say happy birthday to Charles Andrew Venhaus. Leap He's day nine. baby. He's going to be nine tomorrow, born in 1988, and he really will be 36, but he'll always be nine to me. Okay, thank well, you all everyone, so much. Have a great week, and Glenn enjoyed Dirty Duty. I hope it's as fun as the show that was on Amazon. Yeah, I doubt that. Thank you. Well, take care, everybody. Enjoy the spring like weather this weekend. Okay, thanks. thanks a lot. All right, bye. See you soon.